listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will keep he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Good afternoon and welcome. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. Can you hear me over there? Or? <laughs> a little bit, okay. So we need to build a bigger church, don't you think? So praise God. So my friends, once again, it's the Feast of Christ the King. And this uh, the readings talk about the shepherd, the king, God coming to care for the people. And this gospel, which is so well known, so famous, Jesus reveals to us what will happen in the end. And I love that. He doesn't want us to wonder what is waiting for us, what's going to happen. It's the big spoiler alert. He, and it's shockingly simple, right? Jesus will come as the king. He will assemble all of humanity. Everyone who's ever lived will be right before him. We will give an account. We will be judged by God. And in the words of St. John of the Cross, in the evening of our lives, we will be judged on love. That is the criteria that God will judge us, on love. And again, it's shockingly simple. This very interesting, you know, feeding the hungry, the giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, the, serving the least of the brothers. So, believe it or not, this is the passage 
that St. Francis chose for the naming of his religious order. So, you know, before we were called Franciscans, St. Francis actually gave the name the Order of the Friars Minor, or Lesser Brothers, inspired by this passage, whatever you do to the least of my brothers. Um, you know, Franciscans follow St. Francis, Dominicans follow St. Dominic, Benedictines follow um, St. Benedict, Jesuits follow, I'm not sure. <laughs> No offense, Pope Francis, okay. We have a Jesuit Pope who took a Franciscan name. All right, here we go, modern times. We're, as religious, we're obligated to poke fun at each other, okay? So no offense to any Jesuits. So I, some of my best professors I had were Jesuits, so okay. Um, so the, the lesser brothers, the lesser brothers. So again, my friends, I find that so beautiful and consoling. God doesn't want us to have any surprises. We can know you know, this is what's waiting for us. What you just heard, you are going to be there. Isn't that a great mercy that God revealed that to us? So, and so then again, like, what is God asking us to do? We try to love each other. And then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, I could try to do that. But then he's not just telling us to do something without being there to help us with his grace. His grace is there for us, especially when we really need it. Now, I want to ask you to pull out your imagination, and we think of Christ the King, and we try to use our imagination to imagine the most beautiful, most grand, most majestic image possible. The idea that God himself is a king. Imagine a huge throne. Imagine God on that throne with all of his power, all of his majesty, his, his royal vestments in gold, Imagine a jewel-encrusted scepter and crown upon his mighty brow. You know, imagine this image of God as the king. God is the king. Our imaginations are not capable of capturing this reality, the awesomeness of God. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And I, I share that with us because we need to acknowledge that when we're talking about God, we're talking about something that's so far beyond our ability to understand, really. You know, like that distance between the Creator and us, the creatures, that distance is an infinite distance. It's not a really big distance. It's an infinite distance. The grandeur, the majesty, the awesomeness, the power of God, God who is the King. And so we ask the question, what would it look like if God himself was actually to come here? What would be appropriate? You can imagine him arriving with a retinue of heavenly army of angels. Imagine fiery chariots like the one that took Elijah. You know, just this incredibly intimidating and just we would just fall on our faces in the presence of this awesome being, God. That would be appropriate. I'm going to say something. Evidently, God did something that kind of feels inappropriate. He did not come here in that way. And so you're going to wonder, like, wait a minute, this kind of sounds like a Christmas homily. And if you start to think that, you are right. <laughs> I'm already ready for Christmas. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. We're getting ready for Christmas. And St. Francis had this tremendous love for Jesus, which can be summarized in crib, cross, and crown. Crib, cross, and crown. And for St. Francis, those three moments are one thing. The crib, the cross, and the crown. And so to understand this idea of Jesus as the king, we need to think about 
that baby in Bethlehem. If you go and read all of the stories surrounding his conception and his birth, it's filled with royal references. He is the descendant of King David, and his kingdom will be from sea to sea and forever. Um, this royal king. But when he comes, how does he come to us? It is it should be somewhat shocking. He comes as a baby. Why would he do that? Have you ever met a newborn baby? There was one at the last mass I had. It was competing with me during the homily, crying the whole time. Babies can't do anything. They're so weak. All they can do is cry and uh, process food and uh, Reminds me of some of my, my friends, and they had their first child. The, the mom said, I'll handle what goes in. She told her husband, you handle what comes out, okay? <laughs> you know, teamwork, teamwork, all right. But a baby, why would God do this? Why would the king, the almighty, come to us as a helpless baby? They can't even lift up their heads. They're so weak. And my friends, I think it's because of this. He wanted to flip the script. He wanted to offer a mind-blowing exchange that the shepherd would become a sheep, that the priest would become the sacrifice, that the king would come as a slave, that the creator would come as a creature. That baby is the most non-intimidating and shockingly welcoming and beautiful possible image. When you see a baby, you lose all power. That baby is pure kryptonite. <laughs> you know, when you see a baby, all you want to do is adore and to hold that baby. And that God would want to come to us that way so that we wouldn't be afraid. We do not have a God who's on an ego trip who needs his creatures to cringe and grovel at his feet. I think of that song from Aladdin. Anybody like Aladdin here? Remember when Prince Ali makes that huge entrance with all the elephants and it's like all this like show and it's, who, who remembers the words, anyone? Prince Ali, jolly is he, Ali Ababwa. Genuflect, show some respect, down on one knee, okay? That's for all you Disney fans out there, okay? I'm a former Disney fan. Okay. But this is not God. This is not God. Rather, what he's offering us, he's offering us a, a loving relationship. You know, the Lord, he comes to us in such radical humility. And I'm going to skate on thin ice. Theologically, if you really look at the life of Jesus, you start to get the impression that this grand exchange, it's as if God comes to here as this little creature and it's almost like he's now treating us as if we're God. Think of Jesus at the Last Supper kneeling and washing the feet of his apostles. And we think of St. John the Baptist. He said, there's one coming whose sandals I'm not worthy to unfasten. That God would come like this, this incredibly non-intimidating, this shockingly humble and beautiful and welcoming approach that Jesus gives us. And this relationship that he's offering us, it's free. He's, he's offering us a free relationship grounded in nothing other than love. It's, it's a relationship that has no trace of fear, of force, 
coercion, intimidation, manipulation. There's none of that in the relationship that God is offering us. Rather, it's that He loves us and His love is seeking our love in return. And it's on the cross. The cross complements the crib. Jesus goes out of this world in the same way He came in. He's naked, He's bloody, and He's so weak He can't even lift up His head. He took our sin and he nailed it to that cross. No one has greater love than to lay down their life for their friend. What more can he do to convince us of his love for us? And so my friends, in the light of that, we understand the crown, this king and this judgment that waits for us, but it's a judgment based on nothing other than love. We're getting ready to meet him. That's why we're here. That's my vocation as a priest. I'm supposed to help you to get ready to meet God. There's a big appointment on the calendar, and we don't know the day, but it's going to be soon. And so we get ready. And until we meet God, he's asking us to practice on each other. He's asking us to practice on each other. Relationships, having relationships, loving one another, being patient with one another, forgiving one another, seeking peace and reconciliation with one another, seeking to show care and kindness and love and administering to the needs of one another. And in so doing, the love of neighbor leads to the love of God. And that is so beautiful. There is no other message greater than this message, the good news that only comes through Jesus Jesus, who is true God and true man. Jesus, the one who created us, the one who holds us in existence at every moment, the one who loves us more than anyone. You knew I was going to say that, right? <laughs> I got to get that in there. The one, Get ready to meet the one who loves you more than anyone. The Lord God, the King. And he invites us to be citizens of that land, to be members of his family, that this is not our home. Every church is an embassy of our true homeland, which is heaven. And so the Lord invites us into his kingdom. The church is the presence of the kingdom in seed form on this earth, the fullness of which is waiting for us on the other side. How beautiful. And so, my friends, at the end of the liturgical year, here on the Feast of Christ the King, we give thanks to God for all the graces of the last year, and we prepare our hearts for the annual celebration of his coming at Christmas. Amen. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.